welcome to the Art of Fancy podcast. It's a special Fears Not bonus episode, and I am your avuncular dice chief with a big sack bulging full of Dungeons and Dragons presents. It's not meant to sound rude, I promise. It's Laurie. Hi. Um, just getting in quickly to say that obviously we are all a bit locked up at the moment because of the old the old Christmas lurgy. So we got together on uh, Skype and stuff. So we got together on Zoom, as is traditional these days, and did a bit of special Fears Not D&D. Um, I'm going to apologise at the top for my wildly varying recording quality. I really am an idiot when I don't have the expert help of Paddy and co to guide me when I'm doing these things. So there's a bit of variance. But as it's a bonus episode, we hope you won't mind. We'll be back as soon as we can with the next thrilling instalment. In fact, the thrilling conclusion to Monastery Marauders. But it is really something we want to do in person. And we hope you don't mind if we wait to do that in, you know, as good a way as we can. We want to make sure it's as good for you folks as it can be. So anyway, for now, here's a quick fears not break. We are sending all of our very best love and wishes to all of you, wherever you're listening from, whether you're celebrating Christmas or just trying to get through the cold winter. And we will see you all next year as soon as we can. Much love. Welcome to Broth, the city of bridges. Well, one bridge that really captures the imagination here, the mighty Folsom Bridge, which spans the Great Mouth, a deep chasm with churning waters completely unsafe to navigate by ship, which lies between the two neighbouring islands of Folster and Eisen. Broth is home to great engineers and industry, technological marvels abound, and the boundaries here between magic and technology are eroded day to day in the pursuit of new solutions to age-old problems. But such wonders are not available to the have-nots, and so Broth is a city of huge social divides between rich and poor, between humanoid and non-humanoid races, between the pious and the wretched, the literate and the ignorant. And today is a miserable, cold sort of day as an ash-grey sky hangs above this dark industrial skyline. The hoot of the Manastorm funicular sounds as it crosses the Folsom Bridge between the two sides of growth and past a crowd of onlooking street urchin children who cheer as the technological marvel zooms right past them, hovering above magically infused rails. These sounds of joy punctuate the night air and flow down the streets of Broth and remind all of you that it's Fears Not Eve. Our heroes Cassius, Tarin and Zraka are yet to secure a Fears Not gift for their comrades though. Whatever shall they do. So, hey Liam. Hey, hey. <laughs> hey. Uh, we will join you as Taryn on this special Fears Not episode. Uh, you are currently... Well, you tell me, where would Taryn be on Fears Not Eve if such a thing was... I think Taryn's probably... like I think it's probably a time of year where she uh, she keeps herself to herself. Um, like, I don't think... I think it's one of those things where if um, Fears Not or like any festival, if you're kind of used to no one being there for you um, when you're younger. 
I think it then just makes it the sort of thing that you don't want to really engage in. Um, and I think that was probably the case for for Taryn. So I think she's probably uh, aboard the Dusk Stormer, has maybe gone out and bought herself um, a nice bottle of something uh, medicinal. Yes. <laughs> uh, and festive. <laughs> I think that's about as festive as she gets. She's like... The usual, but I'll I'll have one that has cinnamon in it, <laughs> and then she's she's retired to her cabin and is probably probably there. You know, couple of she's she's taking her time. She's in, she's enjoying it. It's a it's a ladies' night in, um, and then probably uh, f- a few too many drinks in. She's like, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Is that is that that sounds like it's something that she. Uh is in the habit of doing then not really observing fears not and not her usual routine then is to get pissed and ignore it would you say yeah i think um i don't think she's um i think she's kind of religiously tolerant um so she's <laughs> she's very sort of like you know you do you but um i'm i'm going to be i'm just going to be in my room if you don't mind uh alone in my thoughts so I think she just she's used to like spiriting herself away when uh, the party is uh, is ongoing. Uh, if yeah. it's just not something she really believes in, I think she's very much the sort of person because I think she is quite a. I don't think it's like she's a solitary person. Like she likes people, she likes parties. It's just one of those things where she's either in or she's out. There's nothing in between, you know. I get you. I see. Yeah, and I think I can think of some people I know who are quite like that at Christmas. Ding, ding, uh, ding. In our world. This guy right here. <laughs> hey. Um, it's, um, well, that, I think that's a that's a great starting point. And you're in this. I'm imagining this is happening, you know, a couple of, maybe even a, a year or two ahead of your kind of climactic encounter with Vandra. This is when you guys are still maybe making your way a little bit. But you people people are aware of the three of you, whatever you're... Uh, I, I don't think we've come across a, a name for your gang before. I've called you the heroes of Vel, but that's very much after we start our story. Um, and you're in, if you're on board your ship, you're kind of, this This place is high above two plateaus and it's mostly dangerous seas. So there is a little safe harbour on the Eisen side, these two islands, Eisen and Falster. Um, and, you know, it's down the bottom of a thing I've called the Escalectrix. A huge chain powered lift that descends down to the coastline and there's a you know safe passage up to the city, the Eisen side, the posh side of town here. Um and what would you be would you be looking for presents for Cassius and Zraka? Is that something on Taryn's agenda now she's remembered? I think so, yeah, as I say, like um religiously tolerant and uh and I think it's sort of like would it doesn't really get much out of being given gifts necessarily, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but understands it's important to other people. And she she is a people pleaser. So um, I think she's suddenly like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. This is going to ruin their fears, not. I need to get them something. Um, does she have any ideas what she'd get them? I think actually she, she feels like um, Cassius would really... Uh, really appreciate something made rather than bought. Um, so I think she'd probably be looking for like inspiration for like something she could craft together quickly. Um, uh, and Zraka, um, I think because she sees 
more, maybe more of them than like other people does. I think she kind of is probably aware of the fact that Shrak is quite a lot more vain than he at first appears. So like, <laughs> I think maybe like really, really nice, like tusk polish or something. <laughs> we never really discussed whether or not Shraka has like tusks. Um, but I've always kind of assumed he does. <laughs> Funnily enough, I've actually, I've wrote down a couple of suggestions just in case he needed any. Uh, Cassius, I like where you're going with that. And Zraka, I had um, something cute. Maybe tusk bows written down, like festive <laughs> bows at the end of his tusks. So I'm glad we're thinking on the same lines. If you head out into town then, you uh, would there be anywhere you would you would aim for in particular? I mean, there are places I can direct you to here or if there's a particular like i say there are two halves of town there's the nice half and the the slightly more industrial slummy part this being a kind of stand-in for a victorian british city oh i think she's going i think i think she's going straight to the slummy bit because she knows that um it's the like there's nothing you can't get in the on the underside of a city that you can get on the top side you just get it cheaper you just need to know where to look and Taryn is exactly the sort of person who knows where to look. Okay, great. Well, why don't we do a... What would you be relying on here to to find your way around? Your your kind of your foreknowledge, your contacts, your ability to kind of sweet talk people on the street? I think this would be... Uh, no, I think this is like this is like an awareness thing. This is like perception. This is her kind of ability to like spot like, you know, that thing where you're kind of... Um, I remember someone once saying that if you want to find like a good, like the best cake in Germany, then you find like you kind of you sit there and you watch where all, all the little old ladies go, and you'll that there will lead you to the best cake. <laughs> and this is looking for Cassius's kind of homespun thing, or for Zraka's a, a donation, or both. I think let's go for let's go for um, Zraka's first. I think. Okay, great. Give me a give me a perception check to see if you can. Uh, oh I'm, I'm imagine, imagine you're doing this as you kind of head up this huge elevator, this huge chain-powered lift yeah. into the city proper. Um, we'll set a bit of a scene when you get up. Oh, yeah, this this character is insane. So this is uh, D20 plus 7 <laughs> perception. Um, oh, well. <laughs> but I rolled a 2, so that's 9. <laughs> no, it's still pretty good for a 2. With a 2, then, I think it probably takes you a while, right? You, you, you head up, like I said, the... Um, I keep trying wanting to say scale electrics. The Escalectrics, electrics that works. Anyone who's anyone who's played with scale electrics, hi there. Um, <laughs> and you know the eyes inside you as you as you get up this. You know, imagine I'm trying to think the almost like the big pit that Bane gets chucked down in the Batman film. You know, this is although it's a technological marvel. This thing it is grimy and sooty and. Um, there is all sorts of kind of people traffic around the the kind of shaft of it. There are people living in little uh, burrowed out dens who kind of shout things and throw things. There are winged creatures flapping around. But you're you're going up with a fairly well-to-do bunch into Eisen, and as you get to the top, you see this kind of spired, gleaming city in front of you, um, which is you know what gives its name to this place. This is the Ward of Spires, where all of the kind of guild heads, ruling classes of growth live, and you see these various towers um, visible above the smog of the city. There's the Great Depository, the enormous central bank. There's the station where the funicular stops. Um, but you make your way towards the Folsom Bridge for the shadier side of town. Um, and this bridge is kind of three 
or four or five layers. I haven't decided how many. There's there's the where the funicular crosses. There's a level for wheels traffic, a level for pedestrians, and you're moseying along here. And as you do with that nine, I think you probably start uh, unsuspiciously tailing a bunch of half walks and uh, goliaths and kind of barbarian-esque creatures who are mobbing together they are carousing on this uh wintry day and they you get a good feeling that they might be heading for something good yeah this sounds good this sounds this sounds like uh sounds like taron's bag okay and if well if you'd like to follow them uh give me a uh you tell me are you trying to blend into the background to follow them somewhere good are you striking up a conversation um yeah no i think i think i'm i think i'm I'm not trying to like sneak. Um, I think this is me trying to ingratiate myself. Great. Just give me a. I mean, you can either try and pretend to be something you're not. You can give me a performance check to you know. You probably wouldn't need to pretend to be a, a barbarian, but you know you can try and ingratiate yourself that way. You can just give me a straight kind of persuasion check. Say, hey lads, do you mind me coming along with you? That probably sounds more. more yeah, yeah. I think that's more my. Uh, yeah. So uh, persuasion. That's plus three. So, oh uh, god, these terrible rolls. So, but that's a twelve. A twelve. Okay, this um, uh, Goliath man with enormous, uh, weird mutton chops uh, wheels around as you kind of start saying hi, and he says, uh, "Oh well, uh, you're welcome to come carousing with us, Missy. But uh, you uh, you got to be able to hold your liquor, huh? Why don't you uh, hey, take a swig of this? We'll see what she's made of, boys and girls, eh?" And hands you a fulminating glass of, of a well flask even of, of something he's been drinking. Oh, I think we've uh, we've we've encountered this uh, Goliath brew before. <laughs> if you care to swig, you can give me a con saving throw just to see how well you hold your liquor today. Con saving throw. Oh wow, I've got plus six on con. Mind you, that's meant very little uh, today with my rolls. Oh, but that's uh, that's 21. That's not bad. Excellent. And you, a, a seasoned drinker, I think probably clear this flask out without much too much difficulty with that roll. Nice. The crowd of onlookers start ah, Yes, yes, yes. Ah, oh, oh, what you say your name was? Turin. Welcome, welcome. We will take you to the best, the best place for any rugged adventurers in the whole town. And they lead you across the bridge. I don't think Taron would like undersell this. I think she'd be like, that's some strong stuff. But it's not bad. <laughs> yes, this is. Uh, this comes all the way from uh, the north of the Folster Island, from the uh, the Goliath breweries. There, just uh, quite the shit, as you boys say, you, you people say. And they lead you over the bridge into the uh, the much less fancy side of town, the Folster side. So this is Folster Island, is the island where we've been having all of our adventures so far. You immediately come out into the kind of industrial quarter which is smoggy and horrible, full of orphans, I've written, for some reason. Like any Victorian <laughs> sea, full of orphans. A sea of them, you know, getting their tails getting tangled up in the subways. <laughs> but you better not encounter an orphan king, oh my god. Um, <laughs> they lead you down the Trader's Warren, so named because it's kind of a, a, a labyrinth of, of tunnels and alleyways and, and, and higgledy-piggledy streets, which this evening are alive with the smells of amazing fears not food although there are a number of pickpockets on every corner in fact Romier you can roll me a contested oh okay well, that was only a see if you can beat my stealth roll with your perception or your what's your passive actually 17 then 
Oh, yeah, it's definitely good enough. I think, uh, well, you tell me how you deal with a pickpocket. You feel the little sensation of a, of a hand at your coin purse. I think I actually let them take the coin purse, uh, but then just as it's slipping away, I just, like, grab by the wrist. You see uh, you see a little tiefling girl with um, wearing rags and, and, you know, eyes wide as saucers as they look up to you and look at their grasped hand. I think I go, you're going to have to do better than that. And then um, I kind of like crouch down to her level. And then as someone, I kind of like sort of blend into the shadows. And as someone goes past, I just try and do the same move. Oh, nice. Okay, give me a, give me a slight hand check then. Who are, you, are you looking for anyone in particular? Just someone who looks like they can spare the cash? or Yeah, definitely anyone? looking like for someone who can uh, spare the cash. Oh, this is very dangerous. Why did I take this risk? Okay, so that's uh, <laughs> D20 plus 5. Oh, that's an 18. Okay, bro, with an 18 then. Um, with this little girl, say, you know, who look, has gone from sheer horror to complete adulation now um, as she crouches down in the shadows with you. You notice she's very good at this. She is also pretty sneaky. Mm-hmm. Um, just these eyes burning bright in the shadows watch you as you slip into a very kind of tall and gangly uh, half-elf who's dressed in kind of, I'm imagining kind of Scrooge-ish finery, you know, a kind of little cloak around their shoulders, nice starched collar, big hat and not only do you swipe their not inestimable coin purse which you find has let's see how much uh about uh 30 gold pieces not a bad haul mm-hmm. um but you also manage to on the same belt loose a a small scroll canister um which you to your surprise comes off on the kind of same loop as the as the coin purse and the gentleman passes on without you noticing Amazing. I think I turn to the tiefling girl and I go, uh, I say, uh, move swiftly and with confidence, not slowly or shyly. And then I wink at her and I toss her the coin purse and I keep the scroll for myself and walk on. She uh, just gasps. She thank you. Thank you. Very, very fierce not. <laughs> like Tiny Tim. And <laughs> uh, she disappears into an alleyway. Um, clutching the bag of gold to her chest. So uh, let's take a look at this scroll. Okay, you um, you peer inside and it's a, it's a kind of display case for a, a scroll, clearly been bought as a, a fear's not present, perhaps. <laughs> Ruined someone's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you see there's a gift tag attached to the outside written in a sprawling, you know, loopy hand. And it says, to my dearest Evelina, so fond are you of the skies, I thought. For a short while, I would give you the gift of flight. Yours, Exeter. And as you <laughs> leave it open, you find out there is a spell scroll, which, well, you can give me Arcana check if you want to have a quick check of that. Okay, Arcana. I imagine I don't have... Uh, oh, no, I get plus two to Arcana. Hey, pretty good. Um, so that would be... That's a 14. Okay, 14, you um, don't, you don't know for sure, but with the gift tag and looking at the kind of some of the runes, this is definitely a spell of uh, transmutation magic, and some of the symbols lead you to believe that it would give the uh, someone the ability to give someone else the ability to fly for a short day. It looks like it would contain this third level spell, fly. Amazing. Uh, I think I pop it back in and just sort of like mutter under my breath. I know a certain wingless someone who's going to enjoy this. 
and as if as if yes, your your mind is filled with images of, of Cassius and the wingless wonder. Um, and you look up to see the um, the band of barbarians as you were doing this little uh, you know you enjoying this little distraction have shuffled in front of a a dingy looking building down to the boards at the bottom of the traders' war, and just as you uh, are edging onto the side of Old Town, this ruined kind of slum hodgepodge houses district and they are standing outside a shabby looking tavern called the Vulcan's Main with a picture for Grand Fur on the sign and uh, you can see the the Goliaths among this crew have pulled out a bunch of mead horns and are passing them around and everyone is getting sloshed and as they see you coming they wave you over I give them uh, a kind of two-finger uh, salute and I sort of swagger mm. over to them. And uh, the one who spoke to you before says, well, uh, it's great. here you are. This is the most rough and tumble part of town. It's where you are uh, inside. They've got wrestling. They've got uh, badger racing. I think it's popular in the north. And uh, well, uh, you can uh, you can find what you want here. Is there any kind of craftsman or, or skilled professional you're looking for or just, just some tough? Um, sort of in the market for... Um uh, some tusk wax, I think. There's a, a gasp as one of the half-orcs kind of says, Tusk wax? Who are you buying that for? Not, not one of us. Uh, no one waxes their tusks. And there's a bit of laughter about. And uh, the, uh, the Goliath shakes his head and says, oh, Don't listen to them, listener. The fanciest orc in all of, uh, in all of uh, Broth resides in this very pub. He's the proprietor, Saul. Just Saul. You go see him. He knows a thing or two about uh, maintaining good tusks. Well, I better go call on Saul. Hey, hey. he uh, doesn't get the reference, but he's like, right, yes, okay, <laughs> yes, yes, you'd better. <laughs> <laughs> this is as as described. The Vulcan's Bane is a den of iniquity. There are, you know, it's good natured, but there are fights going on all about the place. You narrowly dodge a glass bottle that is thrown across the room, but there's a cheer as it as it smashes on the far wall and and carousal and laughter, and there are. You know, this is really much like it is in, in our world. Christmas Eve is the night where people have been here drinking since lunchtime. People, uh, people seeing old friends. And uh, it's only mid-afternoon with the atmosphere. It's already rowdy. And at the bar, you see an orc wearing what could only be described as a high powdered wig. He has fine makeup on. Um, he is uh, has what seems to be his hair and little rollers. And he has two amazing curled tusks which uh give me a quick perception check it's not gonna be difficult all right what's my sorry I'm so unused to this character that i'm having to check not my all, modifier on every roll um so uh oof that's a 10 10 okay um i notice he has tusks <laughs> you notice that the tusks are glinting in the the low candlelight of this tavern and as you head over, uh, this orc says, Ah, welcome, friend. Welcome to my fine establishment. Uh, please, my name is Saul. You must be a first-timer in the uh, Vulcan's Main. Tell me, what do you, what, what can I do for a drink, something to eat? A fight, a little action on one of our games? Well, all of that sounds very tempting, but uh, for the time being, uh, I'll have... Um I'll have a pint of uh, whatever's chilliest, and uh, I'll uh, wouldn't mind a bit of company and a chat if that's all right. Uh, 
Saul kind of balks for a second and says, No, I, well, uh, I'm flattered, I'm flattered, madam. Uh, sure, uh, a pint of something cold. We have, well, there's the mead brought by the Goliaths. We have some orcish mushroom brew, which is quite potent, or uh, your usual ales and whatnot. I think coldest may be the mead, in fact. We've been keeping it out in the icebox. Just go fetch us. Beautiful. And they come back in pretty short order with an ornate bow um, and produce a, rather than in one of the drinking horns, he says in a rather fine glass. And uh, Saul says, I must admit I am familiar with you, uh, Lady Taryn of the Seas. Your, your reputation is quite prestigious. What brings you down to my establishment? I hope there's nobody who is in need of any buckling or swashing or, or the like. Haha. <laughs> Not at all. Actually, I'm here because a uh, uh, little bird told me that um, you might know, uh, you might be able to hook me up with a little tusk wax. <gasps> oh, you noticed? And, uh, of course. He, <laughs> he uh, kind of bats his eyelids, but he, um, you know, gives his tusks a little, a little, not in the same way that you'd fiddle with the ends of a moustache, the little <laughs> curled ends. He has a little, says, well, uh, this is quite the quite the rare stuff, and you you're familiar with the the great seal clubbing of many years ago. It's put put quite an end to uh, my supply of seal blubber, which is enchanted by a a young magician, a young wizard, uh, to gain this almighty luster. It will set you back a pretty penny, I'm afraid. Um, yes, you'll have to travel. Well, I imagine it would be halfway across the continent. Veld is the nearest place. There's a a, a, a gentleman called the Duke there who has a, quite a supply of, of, of it just the last I heard else it is only something you can come by in criminal circles I'm afraid oh they're circles that I'm uh, I'm used to navigating around anyway oh, oh. oh you charmer you charmer but tell me is it for a, a, a loved one someone dear to you you're looking for this it's for a certain special someone yes well I may be able to part with a small amount of mine if you would perhaps do something for me and he just kind of leans on the bar and, and looks at you kind of very blankly as if you know trying to um you know trying to not quite say something out in the open uh, i think i'm going to use charm person which is <laughs> uh i have a, i have something called a beguiling pendant uh, which lets me calm, uh, cast Charm Person at third level at will once per day. So I think Amazing. the way that this works is um, I'm just going to like I'm going to like look like I'm considering it, but the whole time I'm just like p I've picked my pendant up and I'm like idly rubbing it between my fingers and it's glint glinting back and forth, and the glint is just enough to sort of like uh, you know sort of like ingratiate uh, the person. Uh, to me what's your charisma modifier that's three so would that be a 13 i would call it a yeah yeah we'll call it a a 13 Let's see how it does oh that's a seven plus two that's a nine um so within one flash of this this pendant and is there any effect beyond that it's just that they get caught in the kind of the luster of it yeah, no, I think this is very much like this is uh, quite a subtle uh, charm, like subtle but powerful. So I'm thinking like, you know, Jedi mind trickery. Like they don't know anything's happened. They just suddenly they'd be very inclined to like 
take on board what I've what I've said. In that slightly silly pose, he just keeps on looking at you. His his, his eyes uh, flash down to your uh, this pendant here, and he is he is utterly at your behest, and says, "Oh, perhaps perhaps I could do something for you." Haha. <laughs> um, so I think Taryn, like, she's she's not a crook, and she is fair for a pirate, even. Um, and I think she's like, I suppose as long as the favour is very small, I'd be okay with it. Oh, nothing. Yes, yeah, nothing. He kind of shakes himself clear for a second. He says, "Why? Well, what I need is for you to maybe agree to be seen here. I have a." Um, would you come here, please? And he claps his hands. He says, uh, Martha, over here. And a, a, a Kenku kind of hops over. And you see this Kenku has around their neck an incredibly arcane set of trinkets and pipe and machinery. Um, but what is undeniably at the front, a, a, a lens. And in one hand, they are holding a... Uh, you, Liam, would recognise it as a, a, a very old-fashioned flash. You know, an enormous kind of... Ah, yeah. And he says, if you wouldn't mind, uh, we could really use the custom and a lady of your standing. Why, if you would be happy to be photographed in situ, then I think we could make something happen. Um, I think Taryn is going to act as if this is like, she's like, okay, I suppose that's fine. But secretly, like deep down, she is just like, I think she's quite egotistical in a way. And she's like, (laughs) yes. Oh, I was about to make you roll to see how sour a face you pull, but actually, I don't I think you're just genuinely... You can't quite keep the grin off your face. Yeah. <laughs> as, as Martha sets up and a, an assortment of heavies, in fact, the same Goliath you saw outside, he sees what's happening, he says, Ah, look, look, look! And brings his friends in, and they all kind of pose behind you, some pulling silly faces and the like. And once all are gathered there, uh, Martha goes, Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? And... There's a enormous flash of light and smoke, sending everyone in this. All these hardened, uh, you know, barbarians coughing and spluttering around you. Uh, and uh, Saul collapses hands. And says, oh, wonderful, wonderful! This will we'll put this in the evening papers, and people will be flocking the Taran the Dread in our little establishment. Well, and he um, says, let me just need nips under the bar. Fetches a small, very plain tin pot which uh, he opens and, and holds under your nostrils and it smells absolutely rancid. He said, honestly, my friend, this is the shit. And he puts it in your hand and closes your hand on it and says, many fears not to you and to whichever tusked uh, individual is, is receiving this gift. They are truly lucky to have you as a friend. Thanks, Sol. Much appreciated. So before you meet up with your friends later tonight, is there anything else you want to do before the burning of the fur, as is traditional? I actually think that, like, Taryn kind of... Because she grew up, like, on the streets of a city, probably not terribly unlike this one. Um, and uh, I think she's just going to tear away from the from the crowd and have a bit of a, a walk down a sort of, you know, a moonlit alley and just sort of, like, you know, like, soak up and enjoy the atmosphere of, like, hearing the noise of the crowds and, like you know the like the clamor and the riotous kind of like the lights like in the background that haze you get but just feeling like that's just adjacent to her but she's like slipped slipped behind behind it all and is just like enjoying a little bit of quiet 
as you're on your kind of midnight stroll, as the cold is setting in and it's, you know, nighttime is bitter this time of year, this midwinter, um, you see and hear and probably smell all at once the enormous fur at the centre goes up in magical flames and it looms above some of the oldest buildings in town and you smell that pine and the uh, resin used to hold up all the wishes and the regrets and the hopes and fears of, of, of the locals on the tree and uh, you're filled with, I don't know, it's probably a sense of contentment that they're over there and enjoying it and people are safe and warm but also I imagine you feel well, probably happy to be enjoying it in your own way let's put it that way yeah i think it's you know uh uh smiling and like enjoying like the sensation of heat on her face and the smell of smoke like it's all nice stuff i think there's a kind of she can't help but you know recognize this weird like hollowness like in her that she should be feeling something else but it's just not there and it's, I think this is partly what she tries to avoid by, like, staying away. Like, I think this is what she, just being hyper-aware that there's this thing absent she should be feeling, and that makes her feel, like, like, uh, like other and, like, outside of what other people are experiencing. There's Taryn sorted out. Now it's over to Zachary to see what Zracker is doing. I don't know why I'm doing this like a sports commentator. It's the time of year. Isn't it? <laughs> it is. Uh, no, actually, it's not that time of year. Let's not talk about football. I hate football. <laughs> it's not existed. I hate but it football. is. It's very nice to see you and be talking to you, it man. It is. It's a very uh, different yet merry Christmas. But yeah. Oh, good so way it's, of putting uh, it. Exactly. Yeah, it's nice to see you. Even if it is virtual. Again. Again, <laughs> we've got to get used to this, haven't we? This, this is I'm, the new world. I'm not. This is how I work every day, and I hate it still. I can't. I hate. I hate it. There's no not, getting used to it, man. No, no, I don't. I don't think there is. A, I know that some people really like it. They call like work from home, and also having a little bit more like freedom over your own time, or like more time with your kids, or not. But I, I don't have kids, and. <laughs> Well, you do sort I, of. I want my time. You've got, I mean, you've got Paddy over there. You've got to, you know, feed and water all the time, right? That is true, actually. Paddy does take quite a lot of care and attention. Yeah. There's the grooming is what I'm thinking about. Yeah, he does leave a lot of hair everywhere. <laughs> well, quite... let's, um, let's escape reality and go yeah. to the fantasy world we all made together. Fantasy Christmas. Yes. And yeah. um, you, like your comrades Cassius and Taryn, are in both this mega industrial city kind of like victorian era london let's say um and it's come to attention that the other two i don't know is raka a big observer of fears not because i imagine the other two are a bit more on it for buying i know that cassius mm. is more on it for buying gifts yeah because he's not he's not particularly um religious is he raka i don't think never i've always i've always just kind of thought of him as uh kind of yeah, like because of his nomadic background he's kind of more reality based and practical rather than he is like he doesn't really but so for, so in that sense actually it, might make, it would make sense that he does get into fears not because it's 
almost like a festival time of year where you can have quite a lot of fun and there's stuff going on and that kind of like Christmas, well, fear's not vibe that he can jump into. I think that that works for him. But on like a kind of religious point of view, I don't think so. And from a gift point of view, he's very much a last minute shopper kind of guy. It's not, I think he, he has an idea and he runs with it, but it's not like well thought out and planned. I think Xhaka's gifts are quite basic and they're quite last minute because he was out busy doing fears not activities rather than purchasing gifts. So he was out getting wrecked and having a good time. And yeah, I mean, I was steering away from that, but yeah, getting wrecked, you know, playing at, <laughs> you know, going to the Christmas markets, maybe chucking a couple of like um, fancy, like fair, t- fair games, that kind of thing. Like, you know, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's what he's getting involved. Well, that's what he that's what he does. That's what he normally does at Fears Not. But this year, obviously, we're about to find out what he's what he's getting up to, right? Well, exactly. Well, I think it, it makes sense then that you wake up in a bit of a you know not not the worst hangover, but definitely feeling the your exertions yeah. from yesterday, like that You'd kind have... of hangover that you have all the way through December, like in our normal lives, <laughs> like you know how that time of year where where every single day is either a work do or some sort of like friends do or some sort of get together. Yeah. And so every day you kind of get used to the fact that 11 a.m. is just kind of like your day, you're just foggy before that point and the day doesn't really start <laughs> to that point. But it's not like a hangover because at that point you're just kind of used to it. That's the that's the kind of state I'm imagining that he's in. <laughs> I almost missed that this year. No, I do. I miss absolutely that missed that. Year. I, I miss that. Well, this is where Zraka ends up then. And I think of the two sides, remember you've got these two sides of both the Falster side, the kind of grimy industrial end, and the Eisen side, the fancy kind of scrubbed clean end. So you're probably likely to have been in the Falster side, right? Yeah, There's the I'd old say. town and the Traders Warren, these kind of, you know, slightly. That's at least where the previous night ended up, I would say. Yeah. Well, I would, <laughs> maybe to tie this into Liam's then, I'm going to say you wake up in a, in a pub called the Vulcan's Main. Uh, which is a kind of a place frequented by b- uh, other, you know, hardy warriors, lots of half-orcs and goliaths and the type, you know, here they have like good-natured brawls in here every so often. Um, and it suddenly strikes you that, well, it's uh, last-minute present time. Do you have any idea what you'd get for your two friends? Um, I, yes, I do. Again, very much in uh, in keeping with, as I said, like Jacker's character of like, you know, not really being too involved in the actual ceremonies yeah. of Fears Not. Uh, I think he would have put very little thought into them and but made, made quite basic connections and then run with the first thing that popped into his head. So I'm thinking for Taryn, he obviously associates Taryn with boats. Um, of course. Despite this multifaceted and like well-layered character that Liam has drawn up, <laughs> she is essentially... She's boat woman to, yeah. to Shraka. Um And so I think he would like to get some sort of equivalent of like, you know, those dumb like stickers people get one another for the back of their car. Yes. Like, uh, like what do they normally have? Like stupid. Honk if you're on. horny. Yeah, or that kind like... of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he wants, I think he wants to get her the boat equivalent of that. So some sort of like novelty figurehead or, oh, okay, or like yeah. a novelty rudder or like a novelty sail, maybe. Like a sail that she kind of has to put up to be polite, but on like one side, it's like a really bad picture of Taryn's head. Like, oh, that's really cute. <laughs> something that's like really that. Cute. Yeah. <laughs> and I for Golden Boy? He's gold. Dracula quite likes gold, so I think he assumes that Cassius likes gold as well. Yes, and, okay, uh, yeah. Thereby, to enjoy the gold of his own face, I think he would like to get maybe Cassius like a mirror. Something kind of like shiny... And uh, something reflective for Cassius to appreciate 
can re- reflect in his own his own golden glory. Like like I think Jacques is probably quite impressed by Cassius's look because of how much he loves gold. I and I think that. I think he assumes that it's like a vanity choice for Cassius's point of view. Like he he that's a that's a it's a look rather than a rather than like the messiah thing. I think he's just doing it from fashion point of view. So I think Cassius uh, I think Jacques would like to get Cassius a little a little mirror. Okay. Maybe like a pocket mirror, like like a personal one. Ooh, you know, yeah. like those little, those little like the ones you wear around. Do you, people wear around the necks? I'm imagining like a pocket watch, but one half of it. <laughs> but a mirror. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think those would go in like a handbag, wouldn't they? You'd have like a little collapsible mirror. Oh yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what he's getting. Him. That's exactly yeah. it's a makeup mirror. That's exactly it's a foundation <laughs> mirror, for, so that Cassius can touch up his gold look when he's out and about. That's exactly what he's getting him. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Okay, great. And well, my first well. That's not my first question at all. My last question, there we go, that's more accurate, is where would Zraka look for this stuff? You're on the slightly scummy end of town. Uh, I think you said they're connected by a bridge, right? Is it just one big yeah. bridge? There's this huge bridge, the the Folsom Bridge, which crosses the... It's not even a river. It's where the sea comes through between <coughs> these two islands, and it's like a, it's properly rough. Um, and, yeah, there are several... Uh, you know, foot pedestrian bridges. There's one for wheeled traffic. There's one for the funicular, this magical train. Uh, and there's one for like, you know, sewers and you know sewer lines and, and power lines and that kind of thing. But um, it's a bit of a tourist trap, not a tourist trap, a bit of a, an attraction. All right. I'm kind of imagining some sort of like steampunk version of the, 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 the bridge in Florence. You know, that one that's kind of like the medieval uh... bridge that's built up into like layers. That's what I was kind of, kind of got in my head. Yeah, that's a very good shout. Yeah, what's the name of that bridge? Uh, the Ponte Vecchio. Ponte Vecchio. Okay, yeah, I imagine, yeah, it's like a steampunk fancy version of that. It is, and I think in that there's almost a kind of infrastructure built up around it. There are people who kind of li- maybe even live in bits of it. And, uh, you know, there are all sorts of winged creatures that zoom around, gargoyles and, and aracocra and the like. Nice. Um, but yeah, you, you head over there and it's is this a kind of head clearing walk? I think idea? yeah, I I think that I, I reckon he's in the shitty part of town and he needs to get some fresh air and I think surely this is like in like with most cities, like the good Christmas stuff is gonna be in the nicer part of town, right? The good markets and the like the fun fair fairground games and all that kind of stuff and the good pubs. I think he's just drawn yeah, to the, the drawn nice to the Christmas throng on okay, the other great. side of the other side of the bridge. I certainly can do. Um, can you give me, as you're crossing this bridge and, you know, staring down at the tumultuous water beneath and then across to the, the fancier side of town, the Eisen side, where you see the, the spires that belong to the, the fancy guilds of craftsmen kind of soaring above the, the roofs here. Um, uh, give me a... Um, what's it going to be? A strength saving throw. A very easy strength saving throw. A strength saving throw, okay. Yeah. All right, that's a 14 plus 7. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so you you barely notice as uh, something bounces off your your wide uh, frame and falls to the floor, and you look down and see a, a a gnomish man dressed in kind of quite raggedy clothes with a big cloak around him, and he squeaks as he falls to the floor. Like, ah, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm very sorry, sir. Very sorry. And he picks himself up, and you see Aww. him. Give me a perception check. All right. All right. Less good at this one, actually. Yeah. And that was a two. Uh-huh. So. He puts he puts something in his cloak. You don't see anything, but you just you know you notice he picks up some stuff on the floor, and puts it into his cloak, and says, "I'm oh, sorry, I'll be I'll be right on my way." And he and he starts walking back past you along mm. the bridge. 
I mean, I feel like if this is something important, I think I should follow him. <laughs> uh, well, as he he going, which direction is he going? Is he going away from me? Um, like, is, he going, is he going back to the dodgy side? No, he's going across the Eisen side. I assume this is while you were standing still. All right, cool. Um, and as he starts heading that way, you hear a, Oh my goodness, my, my bag, it's gone! From somewhere further up the bridge, and there's consternation, you see a, um, a human woman dressed in very frilly dresses full of ruffles you know about 18 different layers of skirt is casting around while a very kind of stuffy looking um what is he going to be furbold a kind of you know big furry forest creature who's wearing like the most amazingly starched victorian suit with like moustaches and a cane mm, all right next to her it's like oh, calm down calm down you junior calm down i'm sure it's not that bad all right oh, I, reckon, I reckon like jack jack's level of instinct on this is pretty strong like yeah He's like this at this point, a, a like you know, a level twenty honed barbarian. Like I think I reckon he puts two and two together like instantly and without even like almost like reflex, without even kind of like meaning to, is already like grabbing the gnome, like getting to him and grabbing. Like because we, we forget like because I'm looking at the sheet now. It's a long time since I've looked at the sheet with this many fun numbers on it. Nah. All of the ones have got ten. Apart from like fair enough, strength's quite good, but all the other ones are like minus one or two. The um, he is not only dexterous, but he's like ridiculously athletic and insanely fast and that kind of stuff and I reckon he's just thought like one or two steps covered ground and like picked up the gnome yeah well give me um, the, the gnome has just about this you just caught final sight of him can you give me a uh, an athletics right. check then to see how well you can just like wade through the crowd alright here we go Laurie I agree with you this is all in one alright that's uh, a 23 total that'll do it with a 23 you just you know, you just start steaming ahead, not even running. You just walk purposefully. And this gnome is just about scurrying away. And what do you do? You're just kind of collaring him immediately? Yeah, I reckon he's got... He said he had a little, like, hood, like, a little hood on, right? Like a little cloak. Yeah. I think I, well, without, without any sort of trying, could lift him clean off the ground, right, by that cloak. <laughs> I think with that 23, you certainly can. And as you do, he just starts going, ah, ah, oh, please get off me. Oh, oh, hello, sir. I'm sorry. I did say I was sorry. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot I've got to do the talking thing, haven't I? Oh, yeah. How would I deal with this? Um, and maybe he couldn't even talk. Maybe he just cut, like, is there a way I could kind of just, like, move him so that he's looking at the woman who's lost a bag? Yeah, with that 23, you can just <laughs> turn him round. Turn him round, and then I just kind of look at him, and I kind of, like, holding him up, pointing. I was like, oh, do you really want to do this? Look at the size of me, kind of like intimidate. Not intimidation, like not full intimidation, but like. No, but give me, give me an intimidation. A soft, role. It's a not, soft it's intimidation. Not. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get this. This is this is socially acceptable intimidation. Yeah, like I'm not breaking any limbs or anything, but we'll we'll see. Not yet. All right, that's a fourteen. Fourteen all in. Or fourteen all in. Yeah. 14. Yeah, I mean it doesn't take a lot, and luckily with the fourteen, you don't cause too much of a scene. I think it's just you being like, hi. Yeah, exactly. Come on, come on. I don't want to look. I'm very hungover, and this is. I don't want to do this very early in the morning. Uh, with a squeak, he says, "But I, I, I don't. I'm, oh, fine." And he just drops a very like some impossibly like this bag is pretty big. It just drops from the cloak, and then he is looks that, at you. Wait, could I? Could I then? Could I just double? What kind of cloak is that? Do I know? Is that like a fancy? Put something up the sleeves, but it's like you've got. I don't know, like a room of holding up the sleeves kind of cloak. 
No, it, it's just more that he he had it kind of secreted on his person somewhere. It's not. It doesn't yeah. seem magical. Okay, it gross. Just it's just more than he was. He had no idea fold. where he. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe up between his legs. And you All give right. him and, and you give him another look, and he suddenly goes ah, ah, and he drops. You see a couple more little packets fall out. Um, a couple of fears not packages with labels Ooh. on. Um, and he says, oh, I'm sorry. That's it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I promise. That's it. All right. And then I throw him in the lake. <laughs> no, you throw him over. No, I'm not going to throw him over. I'm not actually going to do that. But, I would have um, been deaf. But, uh, but yeah, okay. All right. And I, I, yeah, I just, I maybe like shake him once more just to be sure and then just, yeah, let him, let him be on his way. The final thing that falls out is like a, is like a very nice silver fork. All right, cool. Tinkles <laughs> to the ground and then you let him go and he scurries off. Um, and yeah, you um, you gather up this bundle of stuff, and uh, this woman in the frilly skirts, and you know, um, a little boater on her head, well, probably a bonnet on her head, and you know, very fancy lady about town. Nice. Tip taps over and says, "Oh, oh, Mister, Mister, are you? What, what shall I call you?" Uh, Shaka is fine. Thank you. Shaka, oh, Shaka, what an edgy fancy. Thank you okay. so much, you brave, brave man. Yeah. I thought it was going to go in like a really other kind of way that we thought, we thought you could be like, oh, she's going to be prejudiced against half orcs. No, oh, I never thought that a half orc. No, she's just beaming. She's absolutely beaming. The uh, furball kind of stuffles over next to her and says, oh my, he, he managed to get my Christmas, pa- my, my Christmas, my fears not packages too. Oh, oh. criminy. Well, thank goodness you were here. Uh... Yeah, how would I, I guess I'm just giving them back. I don't really think I need to extort them for anything. No, but I think... Um, where, she, where my head went initially, but... I know, yeah. I, I was waiting for you to do something. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't. Um, the woman, Eugenia, says, Oh, oh, honestly, Charles, we must give him something. I, I can't, I'm afraid I don't have any money on me, but uh, she opens this big bag and you see it is full of various beautific products. You know, there's makeup, Ooh. there's curling eyes. She says, I know it's not much, but please... Uh, opens the bag can I can I can I grab the uh, the makeup makeup mirror thing give me a, give me a, give me an invest rifling through a woman's bag check an investigation right. what check. would that is that investigation yeah all right what's that for me it is zero okay it's gonna be a good roll oh it's a 16 that is good I was about to, I was gonna enjoy her having to like no, no, here it is. <laughs> but you immediately spy. You think, I think the 16, you find two. You find one that is, you know, um, kind of porcelain shells, um, very ornate, flowery design on it. And you open it up and there's, a, a, you know, a puff on one side and a, a mirror on the other. And then you find a much plainer um, silver with some kind of goldish metal inlaid in a geometric design. Pocket Ooh. mirror. Yeah, I think I'll go with that one. You pick it up and she says, Oh, a very good choice, but please, I'd be honoured if you'd take it. I have two, you see, already. And uh, she says, Merry Christmas, Mr. Zracker. Merry fears, fears not, not you I meant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm visiting from another dimension. Please. <laughs> Charles, come, let Lovely. us let us go home. I've had enough of this city. Alright. Nice one. I reckon that goes in go. the pocket. That's got one down. One down without even trying. Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's zoom forward then. If you cross into the nicer part of town, um, 
you you know you end up in this big square this very kind of gleaming square where people well very well to do people are, are in this part of town there's the the eisenford station ahead of you where the the train drops off the high and mighty there's the uh the great depository the central bank very fancy building uh run by goblins and hobgoblins there's the you see the kind of guild district the ward of spires extending off in front of you and then there's a quite a fancy you know, kind of Christmas market-y sort of street, nice cobbled, you know, cold lane where you Lovely. see lots of, lots of Fears Not celebrators. And you can see looming above that the Fears Not tree, you know, this big pine tree, which here in Broth is enormous. What are you looking for? Are you looking for, reckon, are you looking for somewhere to get... Uh, yeah. Okay, would there be an obvious boat shop? Because, I mean, we are near the sea, I assume, that, but then we're quite high up. You are. You're probably not near any port shops, but they're... Like um, a rope and tackle know. shop, maybe? Yeah, give me a... Um, give me a history check to see how well you remember Broth from before your hangover. All right. Again, that was a 16. Oh, my God. Weighted die or what? Um, you remember there's... In, in the kind of guilds districts, there is a... Uh, not only a fisherman and tackle shop, but also a guild of fishermen and tacklers but also a guild of um, kind of boat carpentrists. Ooh. And you remember that between the two, uh, when you were carousing last night, is a very fine pub called the Three Circles. Oh, here we go. Yeah. All right. We've, we're going to kill all the birds with one stone. <laughs> <laughs> let's, go, let's go to the pub and we'll okay. see what we can find. Compared to the fancier pubs around here, it's very nautical. There's kind of rigging on the walls. And as you step in, you see it's pretty dark and there are several... Um, you know, seafaring types. You can see there's a, a human man who's broad and beardy. There's an elven woman who looks very scowling, who has an amazingly plumed bird on her shoulder, sitting in one booth um, in one corner, playing a game which involves throwing sharpened objects at a round board, are a dwarven woman and a dwarven man. And behind the bar, you see a bold gnomish woman, bold or shaved-headed gnomish woman with, with incredible ear piercings and nose piercings. Who you remember is Ursula the Grin. And she says, Oh, wave, it isn't Draka back again. Hello. <laughs> I've forgotten your name. But... It's Ursula. Ursula, Ursula the Grin, remember me? What can I do for you this time? Mr. Draka, are you here for games? Are you here for a drink? I think he's I, I instantly... Yeah, he wants. He's forgotten. He's here for a gift. He like uh, some form of. Uh, what? Well, kind of. Uh, what's on the uh, the menu for today? What, what, uh, well, what beverages have you, you 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 got for me? Well, we've got the usual imports. We've got. Uh, let's see. We've got some <laughs> mead from the Honeybrew Distillery up on uh, up near uh, uh, mm. Afram Island. Yeah, that's a good one. We've got um we've got some uh, the usual. Uh, wines from Veld, pretty poor. We've got our own mushroom brew, which I know that uh, the half-orcs and the goblins tend to like. And then the usual ales and beers and whatnot that come from our very own city. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm going to go with a... Can I get a mushroom brew? I feel like mushroom brew sounds oh, quite yes. good. Yes, yeah. it's almost medicinal. Mushroom brew. Day. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, in fact, yeah, it's like a mushroom hangover cure. All right, that'd be exactly. good. Exactly. Exactly. Um, it's still alcoholic, crucially. And then, and then, Laura, can I play fancy darts? I want to play fancy darts. <laughs> you uh, immediately take your, your brown ale, head over to the uh, the fancy darts corner, and uh, uh, a dwarven man introduces it. They just finish up a, what do you call it, a round, a hand? A, a, a uh, 
a leg actually is. A leg. Yeah. They finish a leg and, and, and a dwarven man uh, who's got kind of very long curly black hair, um, big nose and a pair of glasses. He says, oh, oh, well, sorry, sorry, mate. Hey, uh, oh, you don't fancy a game against, uh, we've got a little league going here. My name's Drago. This is Irva. And he points to this dwarvish woman, uh, ginger hair, and says, we are, uh, you know, we like to, we like to play for wee prizes under here. And as it feels not well, uh, you look like you've got a keen eye. You fancy it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what, what kind of prizes are we talking about? Well, Money we all, or...? We all put in something we, we've got valuable. Uh, Irva's put in a, uh, a nice uh, tea set. I'm putting in a couple of... Uh, a, a barrel of my finest ale. I'm one of the suppliers here. And then... Uh, oh, and I think Ivor and Tilly and uh, the human man and the elven woman also slink along. And Ivor says, yes, I will play. And I will put forward one of my finest works. Um, and he says, my, my latest creation, uh, a bust, a wooden bust of um, Nefretius, the, of course, the lobster goddess. Yeah. And um, he seems to be talking about something lovely on the ship. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that sounds perfect. That's Pete Schracker's interest. Also, as well, I think, he, I think he assumes that when you say a bust, he means like a lobster with boobs. It's kind of how I think he imagines it. <laughs> Which he thinks is hilarious. I, I'm sure he would do, yeah. Absolutely. Great. Okay, well, if you want to... This is a four-way. It's just uh, uh, Ivor the man, Irva the dwarven woman, Drago the dwarven man, and it's you guys playing. Uh, just just uh, eliminating rounds of darts. So the way this will work is um, throwing the dart is a dex skill check. But you're, instead of rolling a d20, you're going to roll two d10s to just allow for a bit more variance in what could happen. So is it um, a dex, like dex throw? Actually, Zdraka's pretty good with a, uh, a javelin, I seem to remember. Yeah. I think you can make a case for that being pretty similar to dart action. Same. And which I, what, what would that be as a... You, I think you're first up to the plate. Um, okay. You're the newcomer. I think this works. You can just add your, your bonus for attacking with a javelin to All each right. set of 2d10. So I'm rolling my first set of 2d10. Yep. All right. That's an zero and an eight. All right, yeah, so 18 plus 13. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. did, did he break the game? No, not yet, not yet. Um, do all three then, do all three. All right, I'll do all three now. So your first start with the 31, I think that's you know pretty near ball, but not probably you know, a decent score. Uh, a five and a three, so that's an eight plus uh, thirteen. That's thirteen again, okay. Yeah, and then the last one is a three plus thirteen, sixteen. We'll just call that seventy-one points with your first set of darts, and I think you're still finding your arm a bit, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Okay, then Ivor comes up. He kind of looks the most confident of all of these guys. His first one, he rolls an 18, and that's almost bull. His second one, a 19. Nice. Hits the, the ring around the bull. Um, and then the last one's a five. So not vintage stuff. Um, for a total of... He ends up with 43 points at the end of all of that. <laughs> Next up is Irva, the Dwarvish woman, who's been there and sharking for a while. She ends up with 52 points. And finally, um, Drago, the Dwarven man. Oh dear, complete gutter. 31. Oh, Jesus, that's poor. awful. Um, and he uh, finishes by flinging a dart off, you know, right off the edge of the board. And he is... Ah, shite! Well... 
There goes my barrel of ale. That will go in the prize pot. Right, just three of you left now. Lovely. That's the final three. You, and the t you Ivor, and Irva. Ivor's going to go first this time. He hits 59 points on his darts. Then it's over to you, Sraka. All right, so I'm going to roll. Just taking it straight? Yeah, just going to take straight. this straight. I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, this is, it's, the sanctity of darts shouldn't be tainted by cheating, I don't think. <laughs> All right, so that is uh, a 10 plus 13, 23. That is a, what is that? An eight and a six on these dice. 14. 14 plus 13. And then the final one is a 14 plus 13. Well, Irva only gets 50. So that's a pretty comprehensive victory for you again in that round. Uh, she remains pretty taciturn, just nods to the three of you, makes her way out of the arena, grabs a glass, all eyes are on you. And Ivor, the man Lovely. with the bust, Ivor, you see at this point, kind of, kind of looks to you and says, "Let's take this one throw at a time, shall we? Let's see what we got." And he um, goes to take the first dart in this nice. round. Nice. Right. Um, I'm into this. Um, you see, um, actually, your passive perception. Yeah, your passive perception is high enough that you see this. Something changes in the air. You sense there's a bit of maybe a little bit of magical energy suddenly kind of kicks up Ooh. as he does this. He flings his first two darts. Um, and although they seem to, they almost curve, they go really wide and they swing in and he hits a 23 on his first dart and feels, well, it looks pretty impressed. Ooh, all right. That's a five plus 13. That's only an 18 in total. Ivor kind of says, huh, there we are. Not going to walk away with my craftsmanship that easily. And he rolls his second dart for a total of 26. Ooh, looking good again you feel that little crackle of energy um, but this dart doesn't swing in it's just dead and true would you say i mean this is i like i think i think i'm probably clearly aware that he's cheating at this point with like sensing them like as you said you could sense a change in the air and suddenly he's throwing well might just be might just be technique could, could be, be technique. but i think if that's the case i think jacker would maybe adjust his stance slightly and he has okay. got and this might be he'd also be kind of annoyed right i feel like if he was annoyed, then this would become more of like less of a game, more of like an attack kind of thing. In okay. which case, I feel like, I mean, I get advantage on attack rolls, <laughs> just in, <laughs> in general. <laughs> oh, your reckless attack! You can make this a reckless attack. Yeah, actually, exactly. Right? I can make so a reckless would... attack action. So I feel like okay. I just take the the highest of these two rolls, maybe. Just maybe like my change of stance slightly. Like, it's, like now, it's now no longer a pub game. It's like I'm taking aim at a target. So like, Does this maybe mean like, like you throw a javelin, you actually take a short run up? I think it... Either that or it's or like he does, he does it over arm now. Like yeah. it's not... <laughs> I think that's the way it'll become. Okay, go for it. Roll the advantage. I love All it. right. All right, that was an eight. Plus 13. And then this is that is a 15 plus 13 you smash in a 28 the best throw of the game so far i think you'll take his final shot and it is a it's a 25 whoa he is, that's whoa, so it's big, big it's a big this, throw 
So what do I need to, to win this? What, what there is, you, you see the crackle of energy in the air now that leaves. Just like, it's almost like when you throw your lightning uh, yeah. javelin, there's a little afterburn of, of magic in the air and he winks at you. So you've got to get for a, you are, um, you've got to get a 28 again, somehow. Mm, How much think. I could do this. I think you, I mean, obviously I want to use the, the same throwing technique, ideally. Like overarm. I'm trying to think if there's a. I, mean, I couldn't really use my my actual javelin. <laughs> Could I use my actual javelin and throw that? <laughs> like I don't think it'll make much difference. No. Okay. I think I'm just gonna go. I think I'm just gonna go for. I believe in you. Another reckless attack. Yeah. All right. Here we go. This is the first one. That's a ten plus thirteen. It's not high enough. And this one is. That's an 18 plus 13. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right on the nose, a 31. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yes. I was so ready for you to follow that up. The, the bar is hushed as you, a couple of triple 20s. I think, yeah, I think this is three triple 20s, but I think it's like, you know when you play watch darts and the two, the two points almost converge on the same point? So like yeah. The two, like they're, they're not actually touching, but it's like they've both arrived at the same point separately. I think it's like that, but the third dart just like splits the two of them down the middle somehow. I think he's like Robin. He's got to have a Robin, Robin Hood. Yeah, he's yeah. got a Robin Hood in there somewhere. I think. <laughs> That's perfect. That throw, you definitely Robin Hood the last one. You split the dart with a with a with a flash of lightning and ozone, and uh, the two dwarves and even the elven woman are. Oh my! Ah, ah, fucking great! And Ivor yeah. just kind of wordlessly holds his arm out for you and says, "Well played." Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, I think I, I I want to embrace him in a bear hug. I, I think Draco loved that. That's like, yeah, that's right. exactly what he wanted from this afternoon. <laughs> that's perfect. Well, look, I think we'll um, if there's anything, unless there's anything else you want to do in the pub. No, I guess I suppose I just uh, I'd claim my victory. Maybe a couple more rounds of like light this time, like you know, light darts. You know, just some. Maybe like not playing darts specifically. Maybe a couple of games of like you know a bit of golf or around the world, a bit of cricket on the dartboard, you know that kind of stuff. Have a couple more pints and then just wander back over the bridge to wherever I'm staying. Actually, wait, yeah, no, well, can I oh, can I stay in this nice part of the city? Why do I, have to, I don't have to go back to like the. You certainly bit. can. I think you found a place to stay tonight. But yeah. of course, tonight is fears not Eve. Uh, so let's say this: Ooh. you stay you stay there for a couple of hours. You have a couple of jars. You get nice and merry. And the next thing we see is you heading down the these nice cobbled streets, clutching, uh, like just like straddling above your head, this enormous masthead. <laughs> which is like, it's so big and so special. And, and it features this, um, it's a woman with her boobies out, which, which Draco is a big fan of, but her arms end in two huge uh, lobster claws. Um, <laughs> And I don't know, what do you, as you're wandering the streets, are you heading, I guess you guys are all meeting back up on the dust storm area. Yeah, I guess. Are we go, yeah, I reckon like wandering through the streets, maybe taking in some of the sights. They said there was a big tree, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think you, you can kind of, you can round the corner and we'll leave it on this. You see, as I'm sure the other two guys are going to see as well, the enormous tree at the centre of the city in a clearing between the oldest buildings here, um, festooned with the usual wishes, regrets, hopes and fears. Um, you know, this is coming at the middle of winter time, the turning of the year. This is time for people to renew their kind of selves for the year and their their image of themselves for the year. 
um, and you yourself even as a young orkling of you know pops wishes on this tree nice all right that sounds quite cool i think i think I'll, maybe this is where the wishes go taryn's already been through here right Has, um, did she leave a wish on the tree can i see how i can find hers why well, yeah why not have a perception check we'll have a perception check see if we can get hold of taryn's i mean this isn't like i'll need to roll a deep like a 20 to hit this but it's just worth yeah. it because i want to there are hundreds no i didn't i rolled nine Okay, well, Laurie's going to tell you, Zach, that Taryn did not leave one on here, so don't ah, worry. Ah, okay. You have All a good right, well, look I guess around. I'm just around for funny ones. Yeah, well, you, I think you find, rather <laughs> finding a funny one, because you rolled so badly, you find one written in a very childish hand, um, and you can see there's even a, oh, a tear stain on, the, on this wish here. There's a little, little paper wish. Lame. Uh, <laughs> and it says, and it says, um, my wish is that my brother becomes a real hero and that he keeps Veld safe and saves as many cats as he can. Oh, is that a little, is that a little Teddy reference? For Maybe it is. Zraka, Kraz, Pot, Pot, yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say Kraz Pothing, but actually no, I meant the other <laughs> thing. Kraz <laughs> Crossing. No, that's actually really sweet. All right. And then yeah, I guess I might just make my way down to the docks. Consumably Zraka, Zraka does not react Oh no, 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 yeah, like, like that, that makes, like, I think he probably drops the head, like, figurehead from laughing so much. That's how <laughs> ludicrous he finds the idea of someone wanting to be a hero man and saving cats out of trees. <laughs> That's great. That's so good. It's exactly what you think. <laughs> great. Well, like, as you say, well, you make your way back to uh, the Dusk Stormer via this, this amazing elevator that Liam came up earlier, the Escalectrix, a chain powered lift. Descends down to the coastline. I imagine this is the most inconvenient anyone's ever been on one of those lifts. So, you know, yeah. like you get in a small lift, like when you're going to work and someone gets in holding a fucking load of shopping they've just got on their lunch break or something like that. And you're like, you've this is not, masthead. you're yeah. a dickhead. I've got, I've got a masthead <laughs> in an elevator shop. <laughs> and uh, yeah, make your way back to the boat. And there you celebrate Fears Not Eve with your pals. Nice. So to glitch, finally, as it turns out, young Paddy. Hello. Hello. Um, well, you're not playing glitch, are you? I'm just, I'm just already thinking of that whenever I see your face. I know. Whenever you see my little face, you can't help but imagine a sort of sickly elf. <laughs> sickly. <laughs> Lovely Christmas mistake. Oh, isn't it cute, though? Um, we are, of course, in Cassius's body, where we've been quite a lot recently, actually, at time of recording. Yes. Where, yes. Where's Cassius waking up on Fears Not Eve? Um, so I reckon, so the main thing I noticed from my old character sheet is the, the, the enormous amount of wealth, uh, that Cassius has, uh, that he has accrued over the years. So, um, I believe we find Cassius in the best hotel in town. Okay, definitely on the Eisen side then, the, the well-to-do. Oh, yeah. Would it be a religious oh. hotel or is he agnostic? Um, it's uh, I, it's maybe it's like it's like a boutique hotel that has uh, different themed rooms for all the different religions. Oh wow, you're in okay, you're in the Percy suite then. 
Yeah, um, exactly. I mean, the Percy Suite, and uh, it's it's got a sort of day spa. <laughs> like you know like, like I think I'm really going all out this is a bit of a he loves fears not so it's a proper holiday you're and this this place is called the gleaming nib run by an ex-librarian but it is it is very swish um, and as you come down from your your chambers you're greeted by your personal page boy who has been waiting on you hand and foot this entire time Great. Uh, whose name is of course uh, Bertram uh, Bertram. Bertram, who is a, a dwarven child, you don't see many dwarvish child uh, children. He's got kind of stubble, but otherwise he look, he behaves like a seven year old. He's like, Amazing. hello, sir. Oh, oh, what a lovely day it is. Great. Oh nasty. God, I love your voice, Bertram. <laughs> I can't do this for very long. I realise I've got quite a sore throat. Oh, that's okay, Bertram. <laughs> what are you up to today, Mister Cassius, sir? Oh, I have a fears not plan. I have all sorts of things that I have to set into motion. I've got a few little um, gifts and trinkets to pick up, shall we say. And I plan to live the day to its fullest. Like I do every day, some might say. Oh, that's very exciting. So do you know where you're headed? Do you need a local, a local knowledge expert to help? Um, I'm sure I will require it because, to be honest, my improv skills aren't quite what they used to be, Bertram. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come now. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, can I, 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 if you could be my sort of living map, uh, that would be beautiful. Because uh, oh, yes. we have a few, we have a few stops to make, shall we say? Well, I'm glad you picked me with the most irritating voice of all the characters, sir. I'll be honest. Well. <laughs> uh, it's probably worth me mentioning at this point that Bertram only has one leg. Great. He's got a little, a little, uh, a little stick he uses to balance on the rest of the time, and he's quite old. He's quite hodgepodge, and he's it's quite hard oh, for him to stand up. He's not even got a peg. No, no. No, he's leg. just a little crutch, little crutch dwarf. You're, you're my little crutch dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> oh. Um, and Bertrand says, "Well, you tell me, what are you thinking? What surprises? What japes have you got in store, Mister Cassius?" Sir? Well, first off, I believe a fears not breakfast is in order. Come on, Bertram, it's on me. What's Cassius having for fears not eat breakfast? What I mean, what, what uh, his usual like his usual routines and and you know traditions he observes. I think Cassius, um, since breaking the shackles of of Helmfall and the Order, I think he's gone. I think he went well the other way and went real bougie, like pretty hard. And so he pampers himself quite a lot. Um, he sort of you know I wouldn't say vanity, but more excitement about uh, freedom, um, plus money. You know, plus the priv- the privilege of of a messiah. Um, so a a hearty breakfast, I think is, you know, something involving some kind of fantastical quail. Um, you know, (laughs) I think it's sort of quails and berries, uh, and some kind of cream dessert. (laughs) Wonderful. These are all brought to you. I think there's a broth, broth pudding, which is particularly uh, beloved in these parts, which is just, it's a pretty, um, you know, in the poorer bit of town, it is just like the, the worst cream lathered on a kind of very plain sponge cake here it's an absolute you know construction with turrets and little you know variously <laughs> flavored creams it's exciting it's 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 amazing well he's Great. Uh... And, and and for for bertrand i'm gonna get him um a, a sort of fruit platter but it's kind of like a kristingle <laughs> like, okay. it's got little candles and cloves sticking out and like you know, maybe a little sort of whatever this uh, town's equivalent of a nativity scene is sort of carved into wow. it. Wow. Okay. Well, there's a. It's got a kind of big pine tree constructed out of various marzipans and stuff. And yeah, it's 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 amazing. 
Oh, I've never had such a brilliant fizzle heaps, sir. Oh, thank you. Thank you very Bertram, much. Bertram, you're so welcome. Now, have a have a honk on this, and I hand him my third cigar of the day. <laughs> oh, Cassius, oh my God, this is a whole side of Cassius we've never seen. He's going full fears not, I'm afraid. So, Cassius, what's your... You've got to get presents for your two party members. What are you, what are you thinking of? Well, luckily, I've planned ahead, and uh, I, I believe today is the day I'll be picking up the commissions, which I had... <laughs> Sorted earlier. Wow. Okay. What were the commissions you had sorted earlier? Okay. So I think um, I think first we're going to go to the shipwrights or the, the a car. It's a very fancy carpenter, right? Um, who who I you know who deals in sort of uh, um, uh, bespoke, shall we say, designer. Maybe not as functional as one would like, but very sort of uh, gilded carvings. And that is where I am going to be picking up Taryn's present. <laughs> okay. Well, this is the uh, the foible of recording this after Zraka. I have a feeling I know what you're picking up. But you uh, you head to the... You're on the right side of time for the Ward of Spires, which is the home to the Guildheads. This is what uh, Bertram tells you. They rule both with iron fists or steel fists or whatever they make them out. You can see uh, there are competing tall spires each jostling for position in the skyline here and they are topped with a, a symbol of what they represent so you see high above many of the others the the uh, a huge iron bar on the top one one of the tallest uh, scrapers next to the what must be the train engineers mm, guild mm. you see an enormous kind of gilded train um there's also uh, what are what are also visible above the skyline uh the brewers guild is visible above the skyline the carpenters the uh the Guild of Washing Uppers is Ooh. quite a, a large Ooh. one here. Big force in Broth. Um, and actually, as you're looking up, you see their symbol, a big bucket pouring out water. You see hoisting up the side of one of these spires a crew of water genasi, water elementals, who are scrubbing this thing down of soot and grime, uh, making it sparkling new. Just like wiggling um, their butts on it. Like kind of... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And Bertram says, so it's the Woodcutter's Guild or the Gilder's Guild or which uh, one is it's, it? It's the Woodcutter's Guild, but I believe he might have had to call in help from some of the other specialists for this particular piece. Yes. He shows you to the, uh, the, 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 that beautiful smelling workshop that belongs to the Woodcutter's Guild, but it is pristine, you know, cleared of all kind of wood crap as it was. And he shows you to um, the Guildmaster who you conversed with mm-hmm. the day before. Uh her name is Blanche. Blanche, okay. Blanche. Guild woman. <laughs> Guild woman, Blanche. Uh, Blanche. Oh, oh, yes, sir. Blanche Panelsworth. Pe- pe- panels Panelsworth. Panels Blanche Panelsworth. Oh, well, if it isn't my favourite customer, Mr. Cassius, huh? Well, you'll be here to pick up your commission, of course. Remind me, which one was it? Oh, Blanche. I mean, it feels like it was only yesterday, doesn't it? Um, I'm delighted that you've done such a fast turnaround for me on this one. Uh, it is the ship's helm wheel. Uh, you know, the one that I, uh, the one that I drew up the plans for. Oh, remind me, what was it? What did it look like? Oh, remember, and I pull out the blueprint of which I sketched this thing on. So, um. Uh, so Cassius has got Taryn. He has commissioned a wheel of a ship, um, but he uh, asked specifically for all of the trimmings uh, that the sort of the the mana looms uh, that, and that can provide for the mana trains. So it's got power steering. 
Um, wow. It has sort of, uh, it has like, maybe it's got like a little, um, uh, a little, like like a GPS voice in it that occasionally is like, turn right and like stuff uh, like that. Sorry, it'll be turn pause. <laughs> turn pause, exactly. And it's carved. It's very, very elegant. Um, well, I hope they've made it elegant. For, but based on the drawing, it would have been quite gaudy because he's not a great artist. No, um, they've they've turned this into an absolute work of art. I think. Is if any particular motif? Yes. So um, uh, on uh, basically, I, I I don't know the names uh, of the rest of the crew of the Dust Stormer, but for each of the sort of handles, I've asked for a little carving of the little people I've drawn. So there's a little Taryn. Wow. There's a little Taryn, there's a little Draca, there's a little Cassius. We're the, we're the sort of, you know, we're the top ones. Um, with yes. Taryn, Taryn front and centre, obviously. And then we've got Goggins. Uh, we've got yes. the people working below decks. We've got the cook. We've got, you know, all this kind of stuff round the, the 12 points of this wheel. Um, all carved. And then uh, uh, r- right in the middle, um, a little engraving uh, that uh, that Cassius has specifically requested, even though they said, "Are you sure?" Um, which says, uh, "What's the boat that never sinks? The friend boat." And then, <laughs> and then a thumbs up emoji. <laughs> oh my god, that's yeah. so good! <laughs> <laughs> and it's gilded, yeah, like like bits. Of, you know, it's magic, so I, I I don't know if that means it glows or anything, but it's got this has got style and class. It is. Um, it, it, it oozes style and class. Um, and uh, Blanche props it up with the help of two of her dwarven, you know, um, carpenters here and says, it was quite the undertaking, but we got it done in just a sharp thrift, Mr. Cassius. I hope it's everything you dreamed of. It's everything um, I hoped for and more. Give me a perception check. Oh, OK. Just opening my character sheets just right here. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Yep, okay. Perception. Oh, mate. Plus five on perception. Uh, that's an eight plus five. A 13. Something bothers you about one of the, the carvings of the people on it. And as you look over, you see it's the impressions of you and Zraka. There's something a bit off about them. Okay, um, can I take a little closer look? I mean, does mine have wings? That's a big, that's probably a big one. Yours uh, certainly doesn't. No, there are no wings oh, on yours. Livid. And in fact, the closer you look, the more it looks like you're... You couldn't say for certain. It looks like someone has used another carving and just kind of appropriated, and it looks very like a crocodile. And as you go and look at Zraka's head, it looks like someone's just kind of stuck a couple of tusks on quite a boyish-looking human. All right, I tap it, like tap it with my finger. Just give it a little... The, d- d- see if it's the tooth. solid. Yeah, yeah, these solid things... One of the teeth just just bends. Blanche as I live and breathe. Wow, what's what's what seems to be the issue, Mister? Well, Cassius? I was led to believe you're the best, and, 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 and this looks like cheap Christmas tat. I mean, fear's not bollocks. <laughs> For such an elegant oh. carving, why would you use such? Hang on, have you appropriated this from somewhere? Hang on, and I start investigating the Cassius one and tugging at little bits, maybe uh, his ear or something like that. And he said, well, it was such a customised job that we couldn't quite... Oh, the likeness of you... Oh, oh, please don't do that, sir. And as you do, you, you just pull off and it's just... it's just a, a, Your head is just the head of like a, a, a wooden crocodile toy. Well, like a G.I. Joe kind of style. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've seen it in all the shops. But I, 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 I'm astonished. Uh, can I just say... Can I, I, can I just say I'm astonished? I mean, this... <laughs> 
this is, I, I'm not going to say unforgivable, because I'm all about forgiveness. I mean, you know, I'm all, all about that. But, um, I mean, where do we go from here? It's, it's, it's fears not tomorrow, I assume. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. It's fears not tomorrow. And I, I, how, how, you, I, we are going to, we are going to fix this right away. Get me, get me, bring me a wizard. A wizard? Not the, you don't mean the wood wizard. I mean the very wood wizard we're both thinking of. But he's on, he's on, you know, he's on, fears not break. I've been told not to disturb him. Me and Twatsford the wizard go way back and I need his help. You can't just throw Twatsford into the <laughs> Bertram. Yes, sir. How would I find? How would I find this wizard? Have you got some kind of? Do you know someone who can do a sending spell, or do you know where his haunts are? His local haunts. I'm afraid not, sir. But he's he's always ever so he's ever so distinctive. I swear. Maybe you said you had other other things to see to today. Perhaps we could find him on routes. All right, all right, Blanche. I'll be back within the hour. But you best believe, you try and get hold of him, I'll try and find him, and I, we'll sort this out between us. And I'm not giving you the other half of the money until this is fixed. Right you, right you are, Miss But Gatsby. at the same time, Blanche, I'm very impressed, and I love you very much. Right, oh, that's quite a mixed message, but... Uh... <laughs> and I storm off quietly. <laughs> okay, goodbye. Bertram, uh, to me. Where's your next uh, engagement? Okay, so I'm huffing and puffing down the street. Um, and I think it's about time that we went to go and see... The tailor. Oh boy, what if, being that there are lots of different tailors here, give me just a flavour of what sort of thing this was. Was it functional? Was it just purely fashionable? This is um, f- fashion, but uh, ideally magically imbued or with, with the help of a uh, maybe some kind of blacksmith or something like that. We, what, I've, what, okay. what I've got for, for Xhaka is, um, is a, a three-piece suit, including a kilt. <laughs> Okay, but uh, with protective properties. Exactly, but like this, I mean, basically, whenever we attend events, whenever we, you know, whenever we're out and about, or you know, we have our photo taken, or we're giving victory speeches, um, he's he's dressed in exactly. I don't think Cassius has ever seen him change clothes, like ever. So he wants to get a a, a suit for him to match how brilliant. Cassius thinks he is. You've seen lots of gentlemen around with fine capes, and so I'm thinking it's like, yeah, shoulder cape, little like starched collar, mm. nice place for a small tie, but then very fine, tight tailoring that ends in a kilt. Yeah, exactly. And it's sort of, I mean, this, I believe, is the uh, inception of what will eventually become Zraka's obsession with party armor. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, more accurately, like Teddy's, it. but I think this is the seed. <laughs> This is the seed for the party armor, which I imagine he'll hate to start with. Absolutely, uh, yeah, I don't doubt it, lots. <laughs> the uh, Guild of Suit Crafters, you uh, you push open the fine brocaded—I uh, was about to say door, but they're just like it's just like a series of drapes on the oh. way in. <laughs> yeah, lovely. Um, and you see the man you met yesterday, um, Pleiades, the uh, the drow head of the Guild of Suit Crafters. Oh. Enter this stuffy room which is kept you know really hot and dark the windows are completely blocked out and this this kind of slightly shriveled ancient drow man ah yes cassius my boy returned for the commission i in that absolutely my love i'm afraid i i 
I'm afraid I'm uh, running a little early, so I understand if you're not quite done. It's just Blanche, the bloody the the the, the bloody prick, has not has not sorted out my other commission of the day. So I thought I'd come to someone more reliable. You know. Oh yes, of course, of course. Uh, we we pride ourselves on our reliability. Let me fetch the piece for you. Thank you and very much. Stands out and comes back with a um, a a mannequin bearing just a few stitches to finish up, but I think this will be a, a fine piece. Now, can you give me a retrospective? Mm. Maybe just a charisma check to see how well you articulate what you wanted. Absolutely lovely. That's a plus seven, Loz. So let's uh, let's do that. That's a seventeen. Okay, it is 95% of exactly what you wanted. It's a little bit, like, finer, a little bit, like, even by, you know, even you thinking it would be nice to get Jacques dressed up, this is still pretty fancy. Mm. And there are a couple of frilly bits you're not thrilled about. Hey, hey. Hello, here we go, here Hello. he comes. But by and large, it looks pretty spot on. And they've got the kilt, right? Because it's got the, the helmful colours on the kilt. The tartans uh, helmful. Ah, the helmful tartans. They're yes, reserved is... for the, the bougiest weddings at helmful, which is still quite yes. a, you know. And I imagine helmful has its own, you know, they these are, in, in the absence of swatches, there are helmful threads which are known throughout the lands, right, as being at, helmful. Oh, absolutely. Palette, right? These are, yeah. But yeah, they're, they're, they're spot on. Okay, so it's not, it's not perfect. So I think... I, I, all right, Cassius hides that because he wants to. Like, oh, the, absolutely beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And I, I just touched that those, those frilly shoulders that I'm not sure about. And can I just have a little glance around the shop because if there's anything that looks like a pauldron or some kind of big bit of metal anywhere in the shop, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give me give me an investigation check. Lovely. Nineteen. All in. 19. Um, you see what looks like a um, a kind of very fine fine uh, leather furkini on a mannequin. And as you look at the crotch part, you're like, hang on. It's obviously made for some kind of large creature. <laughs> yeah. But it is perfect. It's just triangle. And it's like, it's quite nicely tailored. It's fine. It looks like some kind of bear or some kind of other thick fur, but it is done ever so nicely. And it's just, you look at it and you it just looks like it would fit perfectly on Jacka's shoulder. How much for the magic merkin, my good man? <laughs> oh, that is a priceless artifact. Uh, uh, young Cassius, what, well, it would be very fetching on you. And he winks. He says, perhaps, um, perhaps, uh, 1,000 gold pieces, I think, would be enough. Uh, it is enchanted with, with the ability to be as warm as a, a, a regular set of clothes, despite being a furkini. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, for 1,000... I mean, what makes this so priceless, out of interest? I mean, is it is it woven from, uh, you know, the, the, the hair of a chimera, or is it, uh, you know, maybe perhaps manticore hide? Well, it is fine as dire bear hide, uh, which are hard to come by, but mostly hard to come by intact. You see, these pieces, and he just lifts the, the groin of it and, you know, shows you right up. He's just like, you see, to keep this particular cut in, in fashion, you must kill a dire bear with exacting accuracy oh it's my really about god and I, I, yes. I hold it in my hand by the beard of twatsford it's perfect <laughs> <laughs> oh not and he starts for a second not twatsford the wood wizard my arch nemesis oh my god do you know him i know him i hate him well well, well yeah i you know what i hate him too <laughs> where would i actually i really need his help I, i've just remembered my own narrative and i think i think i actually need him to help me what what what's your beef with twatsford Ah, oh, Twatsford, he is a, 
A man who enjoys the sunshine whenever he comes in here, he complains that it is not light enough. Little does he know I have a crippling uh, aversion to the sunlight. I must be kept in the darkness at all times, and uh, his sunny disposition, it winds me right up. Yeah, uh, tell you... me about it. What a what a twat, eh? That's what I tell always me, say. If, if you were to get one over on Twatsford, perhaps I could sweeten the deal. Oh, with this oh. Burkini. Subterfuge at fears not, and I barrel down the camera. Mm. <laughs> God, I hate when you corpse. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, he says, I just don't know how to get one over on him. The wood wizard, indeed. I, if only there was a way of making him look really stupid. Well, I'm sure I can come up with something. I look stupid all the time, and I wink. Why, I think about this time of day, he'll be getting wrecked at the, the spittoon's splash. Ooh. That pretentious wine bar yeah full of full of tools that one and i hide my membership card (laughs) why if you were to go there make a fool of him and maybe we could maybe we could sort this out leave it to me and bertram we'll we'll get right to it and i storm out quietly bertram says this way sir let's go to the the spittoon splash it's quite the place lead me bertram faster and he uh he he hobbles you over to the spittoon splash eh? Uh, you know, it's uh, like a French Parisian wine bar. It's all very fancy, well-to-do. I mean, Cassius knows this well. Velvet seats, you know, they have quite the array of, of fine wines from across the Strail Islands and even further afield. And uh, membership only, as Cassius well knows. You flash your, your card at the door. Yeah. And you can see it's a, it's a pretty busy day already today. Lots of people in private booths. Um, there are some people who are already hooked up to the, the wine snorkels this place is well known for. <laughs> Just get it piped directly into your face. Yeah, what's your plan? Barkeep, um, I'll have a uh, Mauricio Blanc and uh, Bertram here will have a, uh, a Pochettini. <laughs> Pochettini being the alcohol, or the low alcohol. Yeah, exactly, the, ch- yeah, the, the, the child's kids. drink. <laughs> the kid's wine. Um, and you both sit up at the bar. Okay, we've got to scope the place for um, a guy who looks like a twat and has a massive beard. Uh, give me a perception check. That is a 16 plus 21. Dirty 20. No, dirty 21. <laughs> 21. 21. Uh, 21. He's pretty easy to spot, actually. There is this ostentatious wizard. Uh, you, his robes are seemingly hewn out of wood. And as you look across the bar, he looks like he's a kind of sculpture. But as he moves, the wood kind of ripples. Um, in this amazing effect he has a a, a long brown beard which is kind of drawn into a a quiffed end you know it's almost like gelled into a hard shape and again looked completely stationary until he moves Mm. and he is currently impressing a gaggle of of young women and men you know all very attractive and young and he is making his nose get longer and shorter okay i'm just i'm just barreling straight in i go um bertram check this i will i will right, right over to twatsford I slam down my Mauricio Blanc and go, Twatsford of the Guild, I challenge you to a sommelier. <laughs> and Twatsford said, Well, well, this is quite impertinent of you, young man. I am merely displaying my nasal powers. If you wish to challenge me to a sommelier, you remember that I have the best nose in the game, young whippersnapper. Who indeed are you to challenge me? Twatsford, the wood wizard. It is I, Cassius Van Wyvern, and my best friend Bertram. Yes, a boy of the cloth and his little one-legged friend. Well, I would be happy to show you whether I know what wine really is. <laughs> me me too. I'm a real 
real wine boy. But how about we sweeten the pot? Perhaps a chance of a wager? Oh, you know the twats for the wood wizard loves a woody wager. Mm. <laughs> yes, your wood wagers are renowned. <laughs> Lay it on me. What do you have in mind? If I win, you will come with me to the Carpenter's Guild, I forget its official name, and help fix some bloody mess that Blanche has got me into with a particular item I need in times for fears not. And if you right. win... Mm-hmm. Well, actually, only fair. What would you like from me? You stand before a messiah. I would like you to spend all of Fears Not in the main square by the Fears Not tree, reciting a, a, a little memo about how you like to uh, be bad at wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A little memo about how uh, Torm is actually quite a silly god. But but that would get in the way of my fears not fun frenzy that I have planned. But I suppose... Well, it's up to you, young Cassius, my boy. Hmm. It's... It is an important gift. I require your services, Twatsford. I know we haven't got off on the best foot, but I accept. The bar is in complete, you know... uh... Hysterics at this, it's, it's, it's a hell of a challenge, yet alone on fears, not eat. And as always, the rules are simple. Three wines. You've got one opportunity to identify each No one. survivors. No survivors. Uh, the first, and you have to wear the snorkels the whole time, so you are you are put into... I the, brought my own. Your ceremonial snorkel, what does it look like? Um, I don't know, I get, um, uh, it, it's sort of, uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's got little wings, of course. Um, and uh, it is it is a dragonborn's fist, um, as if it's clutching my mouth with a very long, like like a googly like beer goggle straw coming off it. <laughs> Twatsford the wood wizard has uh, an incredibly ornate wooden mask, which looks like a uh, uh, a kind of fey creature. It's all kind of butterflyy and stuff. And he clicks his fingers, and it kind of ruffles in the wind. And he says, mm-hmm, yes, I brought my own too. Oh my god, the snorkel of Twatsford. I only heard tell. <laughs> uh, the first wine is poured without you being able to see into the the uh, nozzle on the the <laughs> on the snorkel. This is the weirdest. I'm having history. such a nice Who time. Guessed? Who could have guessed? <laughs> um, roll me a sommelier check. Okay, what is that? Tell me how you... Well, you tell me. What would be the way that you try to uh, identify this wine. I mean, it would either be constitution or perception, I guess, or... Oh, let's say for this first one it's a perception check. That is a 22. This, uh, you you know, literally, the, the merest whiff of it touches your nostrils and you are completely sure you know what this is. This is something that uh, Bloody John himself had in his own personal collection. Um, and he always spoke off with such delight. This is... Well, do you know what it is? Oh, I mean, I would know a tiefling Riesling anywhere. Um, <laughs> this is only... Um, this is... Uh, this is. Uh, uh, can I just say, this is definitely a horny, horny horn. And as you say that, you see that Twats with the Wood Wizard has barely started to sniff or to... Th- 
taste and the crowd is and, and your hand is brought up by the barkeep and there's a cheer Cassius round one to Cassius man women yeah. and traps for a second but I didn't even I couldn't even taste it and I, spr- must be I spray it out the top of the snorkel in celebration the uh, the ceremony continues um, the wine is poured down into the uh, the funnel of your snorkel and just as you start to taste the the mixture within you feel oh Oh, there's an unholy combination of tastes and smells going on. Can you roll me a constitution saving throw? Constitution saving throw. Let's fucking do this. Oh, it's a nine. A nine, unfortunately, is not good enough. One little taste of this horrible, unctuous brew, and you are <coughs> gagging, and you have to lift up your, your snorkel in order to spit the contents out into the one of the many spittoons. Whilst Twatford, the whisperer, says... Oh, Cassius, my boy, not quite uh, palatable enough for you. <laughs> what a twatsford. And he says, that, my friends, is a Strathbridge knockout. Shit. The, one of the more unctuous brews, but mm, quite tasty to those with the right palate. The Abyssal Arbor again. Always at it give, with their uh, awful brews. Give me a um, give me a history check, Pats. Uh, sure, will do. Uh, oh, I haven't got any pluses on history. That's an 11. With an 11, uh, not quite good enough to know the full extent, but you don't remember the, the Strethridge uh, being this nasty. Oh, okay. Um, the, a Strethridge, you really mean a Strethridge? I mean, it's not to my taste, but but hey, let, me, let, let me see the bottle. Let me see the bottle. I feel foul play may have taken place. Sure, you're handed the bottle, as is, you know, within the rules of these kind of tournaments. Mm. Looks untampered with, looks fine. You give it a sniff and sniffs completely like you'd expect it to. Fuck. Um. As you're as you're puzzling over this, mm. the crowd roars again, and everybody says, "Ladies and gentlemen, the deciding round for the final entry in the sommelier. What was it called again? The sommelier. The sommelier off. Um, what is your tactic here? Are you just letting it letting it in? I mean, you know." Um, you know how Daredevil goes into that like Zen state where he can see and sort of like pu- like bat pulses and something like yes. that. I'm, ho- I'm I'm trying to hone all of my senses and like I'm letting I'm letting I'm letting go of everything. I'm, like my hearing's starting to go, um, like and and I'm I'm channeling it all into my nose and mouth. You know, as Dragonborns are are want. And my, maybe my I, I really open those big snouty nostrils. Okay, with that then. I'm going to give you a choice. You could, this could either be a, you know, act of bodily, a bodily feat. You know, this is you performing amazing uh, act of strength. So mm. an athletics check. I'm going to put it down to, which I know doesn't quite work, but it's kind of a bodily, you know, test. Or maybe just a wisdom saving throw, or a yeah, a kind of souped-up perception check. Could I, mm. in my head? Ask Percy for help. Oh, certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Because I mean, I, I assume he must know his wines. He's a god. <laughs> give me a, give me a. It's your choice of either a religion check or a, just a strap charisma check to see. Let's do religion. Charisma is actually stronger with me, but I think religion makes more. I'm going to see if I can just call him in my head. Call the Percy phone. All right. Absolutely. Let's do this. The plus six. That's a sixteen. It's pretty good. Cassius, you've come to me on Fears Not Eve. Are you not busy with hijinks and merriment? 
My lord, that is exactly what I am busy with, but I'm afraid I've got myself into a bit of a pickle. Oh, not another Percy Pickle. It's a Percy Pickle, and that's why I picked up the Percy phone. What is it, my child? What is your pickle? My pickle is a jewel with a wizard. A jewel, a jewel, no doubt, yes. Oh, well, you was, I will give you all of the strength you need. Yes, let me channel my righteous fires into your blows, young Cassius. Yes, you may strike is, him down. He has, he has cast me down. He is just about to strike the final blow. And what I really need, Percy, is your tongue. My, my tongue. And, and ideally, sort of nose and the whole kind of olfactory. Is it olfactory? I can't remember. Is that the nose? Yes, yes, olfactory, yes, that's the one. That's the, the whole tasting apparatus. Well, yeah, it's a very glorious also... battle, but that, that's all I need, I'm afraid. Nothing to do with hammers or anything like that today. Just, um, just, just, uh, just that. Well, you, you made a good ring on the Percy phone, and you did call me on Fears Not Eve, which is quite nice, so, yes, why not? Borrow my tongue. <laughs> Thanks, Percy. I'm sorry. I, I'm always asking you to borrow your tongue, and I know it is fierce. Yes. I'll tell you what. I'll call you tomorrow morning, just after, just after Gran. Okay. Talk to you then. Bye. Cheers, P. Peace. And you're back in the room, and you are. You can bear. You feel it swell up in your mouth. The almighty golden tongue <laughs> of Percy, uh, and you can taste. Uh, you can taste this clear as day, Cassius. You can taste that this is a. This is none other than a Pinot Noir. A Pinot <laughs> Noir. Pinot Noir. Oh my God! And you're as you these words leave your mouth, you hear Twatsford go. Ah oh, shit! Beat no. you to it, Twatsford. Oh, you bested me in 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 a Semenyov. I am disgraced. White, you woody prick. You're and mine. The whole, the whole wine bar cheers and celebrates and. Uh, Twatsford doesn't know he's rising from his ass. <laughs> and he hangs his head and says, Well, well, Cassius, I suppose it should not be the last time we tussle in the wine bar. Same time next year. And he reaches out and grasps your hand and says, I wouldn't miss it for the world. Now, you had some woodwork that needed fixing, did you? Needed my wizardy ways? Absolutely. If you wouldn't mind following me. We can come back here for a drink later, old chum. And we'll, um, we'll, we'll see a montage of the two of you carousing through the streets of, um, of, of Bruth. Yep. Kind of arm in arm. Yep. Kicking, the... kicking footballs back to kids, high-fiving, skipping... And uh, Bertram is kind of following along behind, looking really downcast. I've got Bertram, uh, yeah, good. and I, I, not- I notice that he's, that he's back, so I put him in a papoose and carry him with me. Oh, and he's, oh, Mary, here's not everyone! <laughs> and uh, you, uh, we, we see a montage of you heading back to the, uh, the Carpenters Guild to pick up your fine power steering wheel, which the wood wizard just wiggles his nose at and is suddenly exactly as imagined with beautiful, customised, embossed, portraits of yourself and uh, Zraka. And... Can I pause him briefly and just say, if I may, um, Bertram, would you mind just um, just uh, just nipping outside to make sure we weren't followed for a second? Yeah, right, sir, right you are, sir. And as he, as he barrels out, I'm just going to turn back to Twatsford and be like, look, I require one more small favour. Oh, what is it, old friend? That boy has not a leg. <laughs> If there were any offcuts from the wheel, any failed bits, would you mind just whipping it up for me ever so fast? Yes, well, yes, yes, it would be an honour. And he reaches out with these long, 
wizardy woody fingers and moves along it a few times, shearing bits of wood off with this pure, you know, just magical energy and produces a hinged... And it's like something from a Grecian statue. It's like the most perfect platonic <laughs> ideal of a leg. You've made a young man very happy, this fears not. Next time, it'll be a Sommelion on me. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> freeze frame. Freeze frame. <laughs> and uh, I think the next thing we see is you hauling this and the fine suit, which has the, you know, the furkini attached. Oh, so I managed to provided. get the furkini and, and Yeah, that was yeah, there sweet. was a, you made a spectacle of Twatsford. And when I'm picking up the suit, I also carefully ask of the tailor. I send Bertram out again and I ask mm. for um, <laughs> the, the, the finest shoe you ever did see. <laughs> and he provides you a very fine, you know, just one, shoe. yeah, just one though. And uh, and uh, Bertram's waiting outside, still on his crutch. He said, "Well, so you you asked me to stay outside twice now. What are you, what what's, what's what's the big idea?" And I present to him, wrapped in the frills that were removed from Zraka's suit, oh. a little fears not gift. And I go, "Thank you for always being my guide, Bertram. It's been a real well, pleasure. Merry fears been- not." It's only been one day, but... Oh, my God, you got me a leg! Do you know how offensive it's a fuck, that it's is? It's a fucking leg, but isn't it rad? I got you a fucking you leg. Do you know how offensive that is? I cut my own leg off! I like <laughs> me this way! You can't just assume oh. that... I'm joking, I'm joking. Oh, okay, thank it. fuck, okay. <laughs> and he pops it on, and wouldn't you know, it's a perfect fit, and even with a bit of Chris Fears Not Magic... He can wiggle the toes at the end. Oh, that's actually lovely. Special new shoe. Um, and he's a merry fears not everyone again. And he runs off into the streets. Faster than anyone. Like a <laughs> exactly. leopard. Exactly. And she starts running in circles because one leg is far more powerful than the <laughs> yeah, other. Exactly. And uh, yeah, well, the, you bring your presents back. You uh, you enjoy a merry fears not, my boy. Absolutely. I think as I'm wrapping them on the on the deck, I look up at the night sky and Somewhere in a distant star, I see Krampus wink at me, and I wink back. Merry fears not, Krampus, and Merry fears not, my friends. Yes, indeed, I'm very fears not to all. From me, the Krampus. I hope that I bring you something nice tonight, and that you. This is this is strange. I don't take any responsibility. I'm just a figurehead. So, just make sure you treat each other okay. All right. All right. Krampus away!